Where are the Knicks going? Which young talent should we be excited about? Can they actually figure it out and get good? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. I am pleased to have in studio John Henson. However, it might not be the John Henson that you think. He's a lot shorter than the one you might be picturing that plays in the NBA. But we have a John Henson who has been on TV and is a Knicks fan. And so, John, thank you for like coming all the way down to the studio. Uh, look, i got to be honest. It's good to be back here. There's some great memories there in the studio. We sat on the couch together. We, stream, we streamed live together. Yeah, yeah. I have, uh, I've over-served myself pizza in this, uh, <laughs> in this little house. Yeah, yeah, as I have, too. I've watched it, and it's exciting to see. So you can go back and watch it. It's on YouTube somewhere. Uh, our interactions watching whatever it was a Knicks game I'm assuming that we watched I'm sure. well we also did some like we did some like TNT games right we did some like uh, mm-hmm. like uh, you know Tuesday or Thursday games midweek games yeah we did we, without question we did at least a couple times so check that out but we're here to talk about the Knicks a little bit because it's an obsession of yours yep why uh, you know, uh, I guess because I'm hard-headed. And I've now got my seven-year-old son rooting for the Knicks, which, as I like to say, is borderline child abuse. I mean, it, it is, it's, 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 it's a really cruel thing to do to a child who literally looked at me a couple of weeks ago and goes, Dad, how come we don't win any games? <laughs> well, they can't, you can't ask that question now because they're winning some games. I was in New York. I watched the Spurs, and I watched the Magic play them and lose yeah. in very exciting fashion. Well, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm having a sort of have my cake and eat it today because uh, they've won a couple of games lately, and yet we have a half a game lead on the Suns for the, uh, the Zion tankathon. Well, here's the problem with tanking these days. They changed the rules. I don't know if a lot of Knicks fans know this or not. People don't, and it is, in my opinion, one of the only rule changes in in, in pursuit of parity uh, in the league, that actually is going to have an impact, right? Because it's just about math. Because people are walking away from the Supermax contract like there's no tomorrow. Because what's the difference between 190 and 240 million when you know you're you're that wealthy? But you know now it's even odds for the bottom three teams. It went from what is it like eighty-seven percent to like fourteen and change. Yeah, yeah, it's really low in a way that uh, there isn't necessarily a maximizing of that thing because even if you're a fourth uh, worst team, your odds are not that far away from fourteen percent, whatever it is, either. Yeah. So it's going to be a real crapshoot, and I think it's just simply going to take a few years for teams to really figure that out and not. And not tank or whatever they're going to do to 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 make that happen. Oh, it's uh, I think it's really the bottom five picks are all largely in the same bag, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, numerically, mathematically, there's not an enormous chasm of difference, but it is. Um, it's a it's it is a real concern for Knicks fans because if we can find a way to lose that draft, we will. You know. <laughs> hey, what we all know what happened with Ewing, right? 
You know, so, that's why I'm hoping that Stern is having lunch with Adam Silver and going, here's what you do. You put the envelope in the freezer, you bend the corner of it, you fish around until you find it. You know what I mean? Trust yeah, me on this. Yeah, yeah. You use your, trust your feelings. Uh, I mean, there's no question. The, the, the worry, you saw the Zion, you know, little injury, right? Uh, Believe me, uh, there was some wailing and gnashing of teeth at my house until that came back as a sprain because I was like, mm-hmm. no. And he hasn't played again, right? I don't think he, did they talk oh, about I think he's sh- shutting it down. Is that right? I mean, he probably should, right? Like, he shouldn't play any more games. In the I mean, if I were him, uh, you know, you're asking 285 pounds of torque on a, you know, Nike made in China sneaker. I, I, you know, with the amount of money he's got on the table, I think a lot of people would be advising him to shut it down, wouldn't you yeah. think? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole notion of, you know, you're part of a team and yada, yada. This is, you know, your last chance to be a college kid or whatever, but... I, you're right. I mean, he has an insurance policy, so he he would get like eight million bucks or whatever. I think is what. Yeah, that but I mean, be, after but, taxes. Yeah, right. Depending on what state you're living in. Sure. Too. So yeah, okay, fair enough. So I, I agree. I think it should be shut down, and I just feel like they have to. You know, you don't want to eliminate. You know, the the college being the uh, the 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 minor leagues for the NBA. But the funny thing is about all that, and just just a quickie would be that. You know, the rules are trying to address for the one and dones and all that stuff. It only applies to like 10 players every year. Right. 20 players out of the 400 or th- whatever thousand, I don't know how many there are. Let's see, there's 300 and some, almost 400 Division One NBA team, or bas- uh, Division One college teams, 15 players on a team. Like, it really doesn't affect hardly anybody. And, you right. know, we're all gnashing our teeth over what we're going to do about, you know, the rules and whether they should get paid and all this different stuff. So it, it's a real interesting, you know, conundrum wrapped in something. With this guy, but at any rate, Knicks fans, they all want Zion. What happens if they don't get Zion? What's going to happen? They're gonna... Well, that, that kid, number two, uh, Zion's teammate who's picked up a scoring so much in the absence of it. What's his name? Uh, uh... Brandon Ingram 2.0 or Yeah, right, um, exactly. I mean, that kid... That kid is a wonderful consolation prize. You know, some people talk about John Moran. I think there's a pretty big drop-off from... Uh, the second pick to the you know the the next sort of batch of guys. Uh, it, that's my read. I'm not a big uh, college basketball player. I'm 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 just sort of consuming other people's analysis. But that's the way it seems. I think people, even if they were to determine that Zion is not the most talented player in the draft, they would take him anyway just for the ticket sales. Sure. Now, but how soon everybody forgets the poor Zingas draft and how they were they were kids weeping at that pick. I was one of those kids. Uh, <laughs> no, not not at the pick, at the trade. I mean, look, you know, that was I I uh, I I've been um, very uh, uh, upfront about how I, hard I took that. To me, um, I think, in in my mind, uh, that was a, a case of I put a lot of that on his brother, um, Giannis, who is his manager, who you know supposedly was asking for control over personnel moves. Um, but look, I just think, and this is I, I don't even pretend to be objective, right? But when I look at that whole situation, a, a, a guy who, when he was drafted, claimed, you know, he always dreamed of being a Nick. Uh, You know, uh, like starting after season two, we essentially rolled over the entire front office in effort to make him happy. Um, We're offering him a max contract. He sits out for an entire year and then requests a trade when his his trade value is at its lowest. 
you know, it bothers me because even as much as I loved him as a Knicks fan, I would have to admit, if pressed, I would build around. Uh, I would build around. Uh, Antetokounmpo, I would build around Embiid, I would build around Anthony Davis, I would build around Towns, you know, before I would build around Porzingis. Like, part of me is like, dude, you don't have it like that. You're a seven foot three guy coming off of an ACL injury. There is no frame of reference. Part of the thing that made you special is your athleticism, your first step. You don't want to play center, so now you're stuck, you know, chasing stretch fives, which we saw for the last two seasons has a catastrophic defensive impact. He's not good at chasing stretch fives. Takes him away from the basket. His big thing with rim protection is help defense. Like, there's a lot of issues there, you know. He was not a sure thing the way, uh, you know, somebody like Embiid certainly appears to be now, barring a a health issue. So, I I just sort of think, you know what, man, Uh, you're dead to me now. Okay. I'm just thinking, you know, because remember when he was drafted, everyone was really upset. And yet he became, you know, a terrific player. Everyone was happy about it. So I'm wondering if they don't get Zion, maybe you guys should just remember, hey, maybe the net somebody else you get you don't want maybe better or good for you too. And that could yeah, happen. it's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a, an important lesson yeah. for us to learn. I also think, you know, in addition to a very tantalizing and what will inevitably be a very entertaining duo in Luca and KP, um, you know, the Mavs, like, they got $30 million in cap space, but they got a lot of rebuilding to do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're not, it's not like all of a sudden the Mavs are going to be, you know, in uh, second or third in the West next year because of this trade. Like, they, it's, they have an uphill battle in terms of building a team around him. They, they do, although, you know, if things progress and he does come back healthy, it, it, the, the prospects of having two Euro people being, you know, the top two players on the team that lead them to the top of the conference is, it, I like the, narr- the narrative. I think Cuban's onto something there. Uh, and, but you're right, it won't, maybe not next year, but, you know, and also have to wait for some of these other teams to kind of finally fizzle out a little bit. So we'll see. And while some of the top teams in the league will eventually fizzle out and start losing, It doesn't mean your sexual performance has to do the same. You might have gotten to that age where you realize the engine needs a little tune-up. And that's where ED treatment from HIMSS can save you. 4HIMSS.com is the one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Avoid the awkward doctor's visits where you got to tell some person in a white coat your deep personal secrets. HIMSS can prescribe and deliver right to your door. And right now, the first month is just $5. I'll get you started for just 5 bucks while supplies last and subject to doctor approval. Restrictions apply. See website for full details. This could cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash coachnick. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash coachnick now. And you'll save money, look and feel better, and perform your best. Hims. It's hard, made easy. Speaking of the draft, and you know, if we had to redo the draft this year from not last year, where what what is Mitchell Robinson? Where is he going at this point? Uh, again, I don't claim to be objective. I think you got to put him in the top ten. Yeah. Wait, where was he drafted again? Now that I'm his second about. round. Oh wow! Yeah, that's got like, be- and I think it was like mid second round. Like he was in the, I don't know, maybe the late twenty. Uh, well, where would he have been? If we only had a way to type something in and check it out, but here we go. 
as we, we uh, fire it up here. I mean, you're right. He, he is uh, – there it is. There's a draft. Uh, let's see. Robinson. Jerome Robinson. Mitchell Robinson was drafted 36th. 36th. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is a guy who's – prior to this season, his last competitive game – was not only a calendar year before the draft, it was in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and now you look at him, uh, now granted, I mean, the guy's basically a dunking machine, right? He's, he's not shooting outside of shallow water, right? Um, uh, however, you know, you would have to say he has at least the motor and body to be a potential defensive player of the year stalwart. I mean, this guy's blocking... Per 36, I think, like, uh, towards the end of last week, he was averaging, like, 5.6 blocks per 36. Like, it's insane. Oh, yeah. Well, so I was in New York and in the Garden, which, by the way, they've done an amazing job. I hadn't been in the Garden since, like, 1991. But, like, whatever. It's a beautiful place. It's yeah. a beautiful place to see. It is the Mecca. And uh, I'm watching him play, and he's literally blocking every shot. And if he's not blocking it, he's almost blocking every shot. And it was funny because on the way out in the bowels of the stadium, you know, he we happened to be in the same elevator, and I just turned to him. I'm like, "Are you trying to block every shot?" He goes, "That's the idea." <laughs> I think he's got the second most three pointers blocked this season. And okay. That's a guy who's coming from under the basket. Yeah. Like the other guy, I'm trying to think of who it is, is somebody out on the perimeter. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy is slapping three pointers into the stands. It's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's so long. And so I was talking to some other people about what his ceiling is because, you know, in, as the game progresses, we don't, you know, I don't even know if we need Embiid to be like lead a title team, a guy, because he's, you know, pretty conventional, except for he shoots about four or threes a game. He's, he's down that block. Right. But uh, he's like a Capella, right? He's a... Uh, right. Now, if they got him to be as good as Capella, like, I think that's... that You could win a title with a, with a really good version of Capella on your team. Oh, position. yeah. Look, I think if, if I were if I were on that coaching staff, what I would be saying is, you know, develop an eight to ten foot jump shot. You know, develop a hook shot. Like, just be able to shoot from a space where you can't jump up and dunk the ball. You know, be, be a little bit of an mm-hmm. offensive threat. But um, most encouragingly for me is the fact that he has started to address his, like, horrific fouling problem. Like, the guy was just, because he's trying to block everything, he was fouling out of games, like, you know, all the time, or at least getting into foul trouble and having to sit down. But, you know, uh, this guy's in the top... I think five in blocks. Like, where is he in blocks? And he's only playing like 18 and change a game. You know, he's he's averaging like 2.4. I think the leader is averaging 2.7 with like 10 minutes more per night. Yeah. Well, here's the per 36 you were talking about is four and a half blocks. But that's, that's okay. gone down. That was okay. up. It was up before. Okay. And yeah, he's only playing per game. Um, yeah, less than 19 minutes a game, which is sort of like this tank mode thing. It's weird in a in another in a different setting when they realize that you can't, you know, tanking might not actually work the way they think it works. He he'd be playing 30 minutes a game and right. just developing even faster. That yeah. that's what's weird to me is like you know the way this is still going. I just feel like it's the, it's the, we're in a weird time uh, in our existence. You know, and that gets me to sort of fizz in the rotations. There there are some aspects I, I want to believe in fizz. I want to buy into it, right? Because there's a lot of people who are like, finally, New York has a guy who knows how to build young talent. 
I just don't get his obsession with Moutier. And I and and part of me is like, what are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. Like, do not we don't wanna be re-signing Moutier. Moutier should be playing fifteen to twenty minutes a night, you know? Like let's get as soon as he's back and healthy again, I think you throw Frank in the starting lineup and you just go, You're starting every game until the end of the season. Let's figure out what we have. I, I agree. And although Moutier, it's funny. He was the king of like the mid-range pull-ups. He was going. He's driving. He's not even like uh, like floaters. These are like old school. You pull up, hang in the air for a second, and shoot the three, uh, shoot the you know eighteen or fifteen footer. He was making them. Like I was there on Sunday and on Tuesday, and it was like I kept looking at the guys that's with who were other coaches. And we're kind of looking at each other, going, oh, "Okay, like I guess this is a thing. He can do that." But there's decision making issues. He's not really like a point guard you'd want, you know, as a starter. So yeah, so I, so your fear basically is that they're, he's going to get enough stats in this in the way he's playing that they're going to be forced that to they're going to talk him. themselves into him. You know what I mean? That they're yeah. they're they're pot committed to him because they've just given him so much playing time. I think you got to look. Uh, I I think at this point I would say you got to establish whether or not Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank can play together alternating one and two depending on the matchup. You know, you let Frank take whoever is more uh, of an offensive threat on defense. And, uh, and you know, see, let's see what Dennis Smith Jr. He's got to change the scenery. You know, he had a couple of big games in his first week or two as a Nick. Um, you know, let's, let's see what's worth keeping. I think Trier is worth keeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got him signed to a great contract for next year. Um, but, you know, don't, you know, just it's like I go back to the contract that we uh, that, uh, w- you know, we gave uh, what's his name, who we cast off uh, uh, the kid that looked like a boy band member. Uh, shoot. Why am I spacing his name? Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a good description, but, uh, but you know what I'm talking about? The guy with the floppy hair, the guard. Oh, you the, mean uh, Baker. Baker. Ron Baker, the touchdown maker. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, you know, they gave him like $9 million. Like, what were you thinking? And now he's not even in the, is he even in the league right now? You yeah, know? I don't know. I don't um, know. So uh, I just don't want to see them go, hey, we got a lot of money. Let's, let's you know, throw a two- or three-year contract at Moutier. I just don't see it. Right. I mean, exactly. They can't afford to pay him. I mean, maybe $8 million, $9 million is where they should be paying him. But, yes, the worry could be he gets to about 15 points a game, four or five assists. So, look at this, and they give him, like, 15 or something. Right. And, and you know, defensively, it's it, – I mean, which it's all sort of anchored to me in the enigma of Frank. Like, what – is this kid, you know what I mean? Because uh, there were flashes of defensive brilliance this year. A lot of Knicks fans, myself included, kind of hang our hopes on, you know, what's wrong in New York with having a defense-first, pass-first point guard. But then this year, I think he's taken some steps backwards on Mm -hmm. defense. Um, You know, he has, like, almost historical inefficiency in his shot. And whether, like, is this like, is it in his head? You know what I mean? Is this a Markel Fultz kind of what's wrong with you? Is it physical or mental thing? You know, that is an interesting question because he doesn't look like, he came out of nowhere, right? He hadn't even played at the top tier in Europe uh, when they drafted him, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So, I mean, he was already in over his head to begin with. And obviously they talk about, you know, the, I don't like using the term confidence, but they, you know, he was certainly... You know, that was a struggle for him. He didn't have anything to build on top of that. But you're right. I've seen a little bit, but I've seen a lot of of issues where he's just like, this just might not be for him. 
but uh, it's it, it, there is something there, right? There is, and I like I like the little bit I've seen. But I don't know if he's getting trained that well. I don't know who's working with him on a shot. We keep seeing this time and again on the NBA where guys are they're working on their shots, but like they're just not they're not being trained properly. They're not shooting it. Right. They're, they're they're training to miss. I, so. I, I think you got him on a rookie deal, right? Now you've missed the window to sell high on. Yeah, right? right, you could have done that maybe at the beginning of the year, based on his defensive prowess from last year. He did have some lockdown games, right? Um, but that's gone. The mystique of it is gone. And at this point, for the price, I think you got to say, "Hey, we got another season to develop this guy before we just wholesale try to get you know a second round pick for him." March Madness is upon us, and it's another huge month in sports across the NBA and NCAA. The tournament is where all the action is happening, and you don't want to miss any of it. So there is only one place to go, betonline.ag. Support us by going to clnsmedia.com win and use promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. You can go online or use your mobile phone to sign up today at betonline.ag. And try in-game live betting, where you can participate in all the action with every play. That's clnsmedia.com slash win and promo code clns50. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Now, here's the other problem here because in the, in the background, because we have to talk about Lonzo Trier I want a little bit more. But, you know, we're also talking about this notion of what's happening in the offseason. Are they really going to, or they, do they really think that KD is going to sign? Do they really think that Kyrie is going to sign? Uh, I think some of that depends on ping pong balls, right? I mean, I think if the Knicks, you know, if the Knicks somehow land fourth or fifth in the draft, it might be less appealing than if, boom, Zion. You know what I mean? I, I think that that is a, a factor. I mean, okay. you know, everybody likes to say, well, the Knicks know something's up. You don't, you know, you don't give up Porzingis. And, and it, look, 70 million in cap space. It's an historical number, right? The, the team with the next most has 45. We're almost doubling up the amount of cap space. Mm-hmm. My fear is that they're going to end up like, who is going to be the Amari Stoudemire right. this year. You know what I mean? Um, but if if you win the draft, I think you do have a chance of, uh, of of pulling away a Kyrie or a Kevin. Some of it obviously depends on the Celtics' ability to swing a trade for Anthony Davis and whether or not Anthony Davis wants to resign with Boston. There's a lot wrapped up in that situation. That has to play out a number of ways before you could really say a guy is mercurial as Kyrie is destined to come. But I think that there is a weirdly rational case for saying, if you're KD, and assuming they go on and win another championship this year, how many rings do you need to get when it's not your team mm-hmm. before you go, I've done this? Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe I want to go play in the Mecca, and I want to build my brand, and I want to take 27 shots a night. I, I just want to go, you know, and I'm going to win the scoring championship by eight points this year, you know? <laughs> right. I still don't think he leaves. I think he, someone else has to come with him to go to New York anyway, even though I, he clearly wants to be the man. 
Uh, I will say this. Kyrie is there. He's halfway there. I, I think he's leaving Boston. It doesn't sound like he's going to stay there. It doesn't sound like anyone likes, you know, playing with him or whatever that's going on. So he's out the door. The only question is where he's going to go. Um, so, I, you know, it's starting to like swirl a little bit there. And I, and I agree. I think that the Zion thing is really intriguing to, the, to someone like KD, who, you know, a, a massive amount of talent and energy and excitement about that it could really spark something for him. Um, I guess the other question is, is, is KD leaving Golden State? I, I mean, it seems like a lot of people think it's a foregone conclusion. Like there's, even if you're not reading into things like who's a KD's like business manager tweeted earlier this year, I'm going to run the Knicks one day, oh. you know, and, and people were like, oh, it's a done deal. But I think if you were to, I think if you were to take a straw, straw poll of KD's teammates off the record, they would go. I think he's out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just don't, you know, I think that they, if you're reading the tea leaves, you got to go, you know, how much longer is, why ride the Golden State dynasty into the ground? You know, why not get your one last massive contract and be the man? You know, I think anybody who really knows basketball would have to say, you even get to the finals as a Nick. That is the equivalent to another ring in Golden State. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, f- for for legacy. Well, can't you text Steph right now and ask him what they're saying? He's, uh, you know, what he's changed his number. He's not returning. Oh, um, you know. Sorry, sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, you know, maybe you'll see, we'll, we'll get it for you. Um, so Alonzo Trier, uh, he had a move uh, on Tuesday uh, against the Magic, where he literally he comes down the court on the left side, goes left to right behind the back. Yeah. And then into a spin 360 move, spin, yeah. And then inside hand finish, and maybe even like an and one, I think, off of all Yeah, of it that. was an and one. And I literally, after the game, I asked him if he had washed his hands because it was so filthy that I had to make sure before I touched him that I could touch him. Because I, I don't know I've ever seen anything like that. And I asked him, I said, are you like repping that move over and over again to work on it? He goes, he goes no. He's like, I, I, my eyes were up. And I've worked on behind the back before, and I've worked on my spin move before, and it's just sort of you can put these things together like a jazz musician, I guess, if enough training. Uh, and I was just like, I don't know, I mean, because I want to get in the gym right now and get your son out there and work on that move. Dude, it was it, it was one of those things where you're like, was that just a happy accident? Was that like a ooh, I hit the B spin move button at the right <laughs> time and I can't replicate it? But the thing that I like about Trier is uh, is you know. He is super, like, I don't think he has taken, he has yet to take 20 shots in a game this season. Okay. So, you know, uh, like the other night, he had like, you know, another 20-point game on like, you know, nine shots. He's getting, you know, last night or whatever, he got, you know, he got to the line like nine times. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if he can continue to do that, and if that is your third or fourth option, then you can then you can really start to feel good about your offense, you know. And then I would also point out that, and again, small sample size, I'm not objective, all disclaimers. However, after the trade, after we've gotten rid of Timmy and uh, and uh, who was the other guy that we uh, passed off, another point guard? Um, I God, I can't believe I'm getting old, man. I'm forgetting all these people. Um, uh, but... Uh, uh, well, it's not going to be, you know, uh, your, your buddy, um, Ron Baker. We're talking about. No, it's not Ron Baker. Um, but it was, uh, we, we, part of the package was we sent, uh, 
Um, an, another point guard. Look up who uh, who we traded for uh, in the KP trade. Um, but the oh. you know the uh, the. The combination, oh, well, first of all, Cantor, we got rid of Cantor. So since Cantor and Timmy are gone, in the last, since the trade, we've jumped up to like top 10 in defense. Oh, okay. Our defensive rating has gotten much better. And, you know, you got like efficient rotation players, Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, efficient uh, uh, rotation players um, like... Dotson, you know, yeah, uh, like tenacious, uh, low volume, uh, team playing, defensive minded guys who can stroke the three. By right. the way, he can. I mean, that he's a three and D, a little bit shorter than you'd want, but like he was getting into it. Uh, oh God, who he almost got into a fight with? Oh, uh, DeRozan. Yeah. And I was like, I like this. Who is this guy? Right. You know, and, and by the way, he didn't even do anything. DeRozan was just kind of getting frustrated. But like it started, you know, right. p- p- pushing me, man, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, this guy, he's a revelation to me. I hadn't really seen him play. And, uh, yeah, terrific, tough guy. So, you got, I mean, you know, getting rid of, you know, Cantor, by the way, uh, in terms of real plus minus, has essentially been a negative on every team he's ever been on except his second year in the league. Like 2012, wow. 2013. Look at you bringing um, out the So, so you know, and Timmy was like, the combination of having them on the court, we were like a minus 14, you know? Yeah. So getting rid of those guys has helped us. The, the thing that I, I really worry about, uh, and I, I still have faith, but like I am tired of seeing four for 14 in the stat line for Kevin Knox. Like it is – his – his offense is horrific uh, in terms of efficiency, and I, I'm, it's starting to freak me out a little. You know, I liked what I saw. Uh, he's a throwback, right? I mean, you know, I'm looking at it right now. Actually, he does take five threes a game, according to 4.8, according to this. And he's, you know, he's hitting 33%. But when the two games that I watched live, I don't know if I see, saw him took, take more than a one or two. And it's, so it's almost like this mid-range game going to the hoop strong. There's something there. We, you know, there's something. To, this, this is his first year to build upon at 19. Right. I, I'm taking that every dime. Or don't, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. It's just uh, it, it is. Uh, again, I go back to like all the physical talents are there, and he needs to be developed properly. I just don't want to see him become a Timmy Hardaway inefficient volume shooter that isn't playing great defense. I mean, that's like the the the. The nightmare is the recession into that kind of a player. Fair enough. And, and that leash is probably going to be pretty short where, you know, going into next year, he's going to have to be able to put up a shut up. Again, we don't know what's going to happen because if right. KD shows up whenever, oh, okay, all of a sudden maybe he's your seventh man. Right. Right. He's gone from, you know, the, your third best player to your seventh best player. And, you know, maybe you can that works for you with Zion around there. So you know, if the, the perfect scenario, okay, let's go over that real quick. The perfect scenario is they get the number one pick mm-hmm. in Zion. KD says, I'm out, and I'm coming to New York. Kyrie's like, I'll Bulls, do that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now you have, uh, who do you have? You have Hardaway. I'm sorry, you have Dennis Smith Jr. You have uh, uh, Kyrie and KD. Right. Zion. Um, you have uh, Trier. Mitchell Robinson, Robinson. Trier, Dotson. You know, the, the guys that we have under contract, for the, there aren't a whole lot of guys under contract mm-hmm. for next season. So, um, and you know, and you got Frank as a potential, like, I mean, you put that scenario together, and if Frank turns into anything, 
it's great. Yeah. If he turns into a second unit backcourt stopper, sure, it's great. And they'll and they'll get that like veteran minimum guy, like you know, maybe Kurt Thomas is probably still available, right? You know, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of exactly. guy. Yeah, uh, Kenyon you know. Martin comes out of retirement. Yeah. You know, I saw him at a, at, a, <laughs> at a Knicks practice earlier, and I went, "Oh dear God, what's yeah. happening?" You know. So yeah, so you get something like that. Uh, now that team wins the East, doesn't it? Well, see, here's the problem is after the Tobias Harris trade. Oh, by the way, that's who you're getting, right? Do you realize that? They're not going to get Kevin Durant. They're going to get Tobias Harris. Well, that's his the Myers thought of my, right? That's right. That was my, but now with this trade, you know, and him in in uh, uh, Philly, Philly I, you know, I would imagine they want to lock that up, right? Right. Well, they have a decision to make between him and then uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, or both. I don't know if they can do both, uh, right? That's I mean, that's issue. sort of like, you know, Tobias Harris is sort of, you know, to me, he is the guy that is, uh, you know, if, if the 20 and 10 a night bar is is your A-level, you know, he's like an A-minus, you know, or, mm-hmm. a, or a heavy B-plus, you know, he's efficient. Uh, and Jimmy Butler's just a disaster, man. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, 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 I'm a little biased, but I just go... Super talented guy, absolute locker room cancer. You know, I mean, the, the, you know what he did to Tibbs, and and that Minnesota team. Why would anyone like that? Was my fear was we're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna end up signing Jimmy Butler, who's gonna come in and you know and and look at KD and go, why are you shooting so much? You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Right. Well, by the way, we already had that in the background. Speaking of Fizdale. Uh, you know, the, the word in the street was that he he was really, really rough with Marcus All. Like, I'm going to motivate this guy and light a fire under his ass. I'm going to be in his face. And that I could have told you that was the mistake. Right. And that supposedly was a big contributing factor why he got you know kicked out of there. So, you know, you have to imagine there might be some of that hovering over as well. I mean, I know with Trier, like, you know, he shot a ton of threes in college. Like, he could be stroking threes. He doesn't hardly shoot any of those. And I think I think that you know his take on it's like you know I'm a rookie I, I'm really I, I'm scared I don't want to like right. you know rock I don't them. want bad attention yeah I'm, I'm just trying to like blend in here whatever I'm like it, it's impossible for that dude to blend in he is just too good yeah uh, and in fact if they would have played him more they would have won more games I'm convinced because he's just he just lights it up like that like you know by way, so yeah right exactly yeah, in, in like that uh, Jamal Crawford way but like he actually does give out on defense there is something there he's undersized but nonetheless. Um, so, so, yes, so there's a lot of moving parts here, but even still, because we have to think about what Kawhi is going to do, because if Kawhi leaves Toronto, then without question, the scenario we described, the best-case scenario for the Knicks, yeah, the, I, I don't know. I mean, the Celtics are kind of imploding here. Um, Look, AD is not out of the question for the Knicks. Like, there is, a, oh, there is okay. literally a... Um, you know, because say the Knicks get the second pick in the draft, and then all of a sudden they're packaging... The, you know, I, I really... Look... Right. As long as I know other teams can put together better offers, my point being, if AD is saying, here are the two places or three places I want to play, and New York is on that list, then they're in the game, right? Um, So uh, I I just feel like there are – let's talk about the – you know, the people that they could – because there's there's probably four or five max players – that are in contention for the Knicks, right? That are that are complete free agents. Okay. There's Kyrie, there's KD, there's Kawhi. Uh, AD is under contract, but, you know, is clearly forcing his way out. Um, there's Clay. 
Clay, right? Although I don't see that happening. Clay seems like he's staying in Golden State. I always figured he would be the first guy to leave. Honestly. Really? But but again, that's everybody I've ever talked to and even been around team. They all say no. He would never leave. He likes. He loves it. Whatever. But I don't know. So something about the way he plays to me would be like, you know what? F this. I want to like you know get right. some more shots. I want to be the man. Like know. he could be the James Harden of Golden State, who's just like, dude, I'm I'm ready to be. I'm I'm ready for starring role. Right. Uh, I would just. I, and I know people are laughing at me talking about we could get it. My point is this: you get if you either or both win the draft or get KD. All bets are off. Like, the, the Garden is that attractive, and if you got a premier guy like KD, an arguable top two or three guy in the league, you know, you just don't know in this sort of New Jack City star era who's going to want to go, well, hell, I'll go to New York and play with him and take all their money. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. You know? No, there, there's no question that would be a big lure, and that's that's what happens now in the NBA. They're all who lures more people now, and you know we could we could shit on LeBron if you want because he's not luring anybody. He's not a magnet anymore. I mean the the the, the jurisdiction the the statute of limitations ran out hard on that. It was like <laughs> Kyrie Irving, you know, bailed on that, and everybody was like, "How could he be leaving the best player in the world?" And virtually uh, silently, all the other players in the league went, "Hey, man, good yeah. move." Yeah. You right. Know? Yeah. I mean. KD called it toxic, and he wasn't. And he danced around the toxic, you know, notion of that. But I think, however you want to apply that word, it's there, and uh, we're seeing it now. I mean, you know, it, it, it's got to be. It's a bad look for him when you know he gets scored on, and he's like gesturing to his teammates, like, "Hey, why didn't you stop him?" and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's you know, I think it's. My question is: Is this about the torque? that LeBron puts on a franchise in terms of, you know, I've decided I don't like Luke Walton and we're hearing these rumors that Luke Walton's out. I'm not a big Luke Walton defender, but the point is wherever he goes, he's like, let me explain to you the way we're going to run this franchise now. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, You know, the Lakers signings preseason were just absolutely ridiculous considering the fact that the guys that they let go of signed for a fraction of the money than the guys that they signed Wait. were historically bad choices you to put around LeBron. You didn't think Beasley and Rondo and Stevenson and JaVale were all going to be like a, a great... I mean, it just, it, it was, it, that that was like a fantasy football team run by the idiot in your office, right? So now my question is, how does this play out? Because I don't think, does LeBron have a player option or he's committed, right? Isn't yeah. he committed? Yeah. So it's not, what can he do? Yeah, he's, he is doing what he's doing, which is sort of like, you know what? I'm going to have a nice long off season. I'm going to relax and, and rebuild and, you know, refresh. First, first time in, what, 10 years, whatever it's been? I don't know. He's never not made the playoffs, I don't think. Or at least it was a long, long time ago. So he might... Maybe his rookie year? Yeah. So he might embrace this notion of, like, let's have an early offseason and just kind of, I need a rest. Yeah, but it ain't going to change next year. Right. Like, it's, it is so bad right now. And the lack of shine on the idea of playing with him, I just don't see that guy signing up for you know, uh, a a year of missing the playoffs and then, you know, three consecutive seventh place Western Conference finishes. Yeah. I mean, we all, all, I think we've kind of forgotten Michael's run in Washington at the end, Uh, but there's always that fear that that's what we're going to remember more. I don't, I think it's, that's faded away a lot, but you know. But Mike was also 107 when that happened. You know what I mean? Like, um, uh, so I, I, I just, 
Yeah, th- that, that was true. two seasons, one of which he put up a double nickel on my beloved New York Knicks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, uh, I, I just don't – I can't see LeBron at this stage of his abilities resigning himself to being, uh, you know, uh, a, a first-round first and out team for yeah. the remainder of his prime. And it has to be concerning that guys like Paul George, who had dreamed his whole life of playing for the Lakers, didn't even give him an interview – yeah. Uh, and just re-signed right away once they found out that LeBron was going there. So uh, it's a, it's a, it, we'll, have to, we'll have to see. Maybe, who knows? Right. Maybe, the, you know. Uh, right. And, and by the way, happen. let me just make the point. How long does Magic Johnson have? You know, he exerts a lot of pressure on a franchise. You know, there's mm-hmm. people who say that, you know, they don't like his style of management. He's hot and cold. He was all behind Luke. And then he wants him out. And Jeannie's got to save him. I mean, you know, he... Maybe is one to scapegoat people and uh, and and point fingers. You know, he's got a big hand in these signings. Oh, yeah. He's got some egg on his face. Who wants to come and deal with that? And there was a big ESPN article the other day about you know maybe how Palinka didn't have a lot of the relationships he needed to have as a GM uh, that you normally would have if you had been an assistant for years and developed that right. way. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts. But it's interesting to see. Maybe I don't know if you're gloating. But to see another storied franchise kind of falling in the hole that the Knicks had fallen it into? Is, it, to me, it is shocking that essentially every premier article in the last 10 days written on every basketball website is, holy crap, can you believe how bad the Lakers are? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to do a video on, you want to know the title? I'm going to, sure. I'll, I'll, hey, breaking news, uh, why no one wants to play with LeBron. Mm. So it's a good, a good title. I got to yeah. actually come up with the reasons, but um, yeah, no, I, I think it's it's an interesting thing. But remember, the Lakers, you know, this is how they've been. Like I think it's almost like you wake up and you realize the public school system sucks when in fact it's been happening for years and years. Right, right. Uh, you know, the Lakers, they, you know, they have really been struggling for how many years? Been four or five years now. Look, you can go back to the decision to give Kobe Bryant whatever it was, sixty some odd million dollars for his oh, last wow. two seasons. There's a video and let him shoot thirty two times a game or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Like uh, they, they. It seemed like they were making emotional decisions on contracts that year. Right. This will be the sixth year if they don't make the if they don't make it this year that they don't make the playoffs. So you're gonna have, you have an entire generation of kids who think the Clippers are better than the Lakers, right? Wow. Imagine if you were like five years old, you know, and now you're like twelve now. Yeah. That's all you know. Pat Beverly just came out and said the Clippers wanted more than the Lakers. Yeah, you know? and I, we love Pat, Pat Beverly. Yeah. So, well, listen, I, I think you have to go to your next uh, podcast recording or something. I do, I do. I have to go talk smack about the Knicks someplace else. I have right. to go be irrationally optimistic about uh, our young core. Well, listen, uh, I, I hate to see you go, but I hope maybe we can do this again and talk more. It was a lot of fun, man. Thank you for humoring me. Good to see you, brother. Hey, absolutely. And uh, don't forget, oh, you know, really quickly, is there anything we are gonna we can follow you on, see you on doing uh, right now? Yeah, you can see me on this season's Halloween Baking Championship on Food Network. All right. I, I love baking. I love Halloween. What's I love you. It's a triple crown. It's right the there. Uh, I, I think it might be the longest title in the history of television. Right all, all right. Well, this one is not. But I thank you for coming on the show. And don't forget, sports fans, at B Ball Breakdown, not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, John? I am.